Welcome to Beavis Does Movies. James here once again. And we are back now for part two of a series where we just randomly decided to do it, which has been pretty much the last few episodes. And if you if you listened last week, uh, definitely check it out because we were kind of down on the movie. And I'm hoping this is how I felt and I'm hoping Sean, Sean stays the same way, but this is going to be a lot more upbeat. So we do... <laughs> We do have Sean McGinty of Sean Geek Podcast. Bonjour, back, bonjour. Back once again. Hi. How, how you doing? How you doing? Doing fantastic. It's Friday. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you know what that means. More podcasts. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. So let's get straight into it. Let's get into our little... Uh, before we get to the movie, I want, I want to ask you a question that I'm starting to ask now. What have you been watching? Well, we just uh, got Amazon Prime. Woo! So um, it, it, we're doing it for 30 days, so we'll see. We may keep it after 30 days, but um, the the TV show that I'm watching right now is Supernatural. Okay. It's yes. a huge, huge, uh, my wife's a huge fan of. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'd watched it all on Netflix before they pulled it from Netflix. So now it's like, well, we want to watch some more. So we've got two seasons to go through, and we just made it through season 13. Okay. And uh, the standout episode so far has been Supernatural meets Scooby-Doo. That was actually where I tapped out the show. I <laughs> Uh, not on that particular episode, but before that, uh, when they did the alternate world uh, apocalypse, and then they came yes. back, and they had the the Damien child of sorts. Yes, that's when I stopped. Was that a was that a choice, or was that a just? I was. Just fe- out? I t- wasn't because of like a different quality. I just felt that they're constantly spinning in circles with no end in sight. And I feel it's crumbling the narrative that they had initially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, and because this show started as just five seasons, that was the intention from uh, Kripke. He, his whole thing was, but we've got this whole idea, five seasons and that's it. But because the show got so popular, they kept it going. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. It's kind of a guilty pleasure show for me. Yeah. Because it, it's not, there's parts of it that are good, but there's parts of it that are definitely not good. No, no. But um, it, interestingly enough, it, I'm watching it because I'm trying to be inspired to run a supernatural-esque sort of tabletop uh, RPG. Okay. So just watching it for a little bit of inspiration. Yeah. Um, what are you the- watching? Uh, just want to stay on Supernatural. I just got sure. Uh, the one thing I do enjoy is that they are, it is a very long season that they do, which is 22 to 23 episodes. Correct. The one thing I like that they do is they kind of do it, they divide it up in mini arcs. They have a point that they go that they need to get to, and they space it out with these Monster of the Week stories, but the stories constantly linger in. And it's not yeah. the same thing that they're chasing after for the whole season. It's just it has these different points that it goes up to, and yeah. I feel I, I feel for the run of the show it's really well done, 
Like they could easily just have it twelve episodes and just beat by beat, beat by beat, beat. But for the show what it is, it works so well. Yeah. But like I said, you can't, the, you can't deny the the fan following. It's 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 crazy. No, I can't. But the, the issue I have is with the narrative. It kind of it's kind of crumbled. It, it was so interesting and fresh in the first five seasons, and then they really struggled for two seasons after that, trying to find yeah. a purpose. They kind of came back, but I was like, but then I might have to go through a few more seasons of it crumbling before they can get back into their groove again. I think I think I've come back around. Like I think I was getting bored a little yeah. bit. But I mean, the wife's a huge fan, so you know, she you know she watches what I want to watch. So I'm this you know this is me watching what she wants to. Yeah. But uh, now I find that they're a parody of themselves, and I'm actually being entertained again. Yeah. Time it's almost like a drinking game where you're like, oh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Sam's gonna do his uh, his typical thing, or Dean's gonna do his typical thing, or someone's gonna lose their soul again. Or one of them's gonna, die. gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they, di- I mean they died like five times each. Uh, something like that. Yeah. And and all the characters have been possessed in one way or another. I have to admit, I was starting to get a little bit bored, and then all of a sudden, um, uh, what's her face shows up. Uh, she plays Charlie. Uh, oh, runs the- uh, um, uh, Felicity, Felicity Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah, Felicity Day. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a bit of a, a bit of a fan. The, the one reason why I kind of stuck around was because they always kept promising a Friday the 13th episode. Mm-hmm. They kept promising it. And then that was even made even stronger when they did the Friday the 13th remake. Sam yeah. was in it. Jerry Paraletti. He's oh, in wow. the Friday. Yeah, oh, I may have to go back and watch that then. He's one of the main guys in Friday the 13th. So the one that just came out? Uh. Within the, the last couple of years, it came out ten years ago, I think, or like. Oh, that so. one. Okay. Yeah, th- that's the latest one. So. Okay. But yeah, he's in it. Uh, another thing is, I actually share a namesake with one of the actors. Bobby. Oh, okay. Yeah. His name, his real name is Jim Beaver. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So, he's actually probably my favorite character in the show. Yeah, he's, he's, he comes every, back. Everything, he, everything he's in, he's always good. I haven't seen him in anything else, but I can uh, see him being. I've seen him in Dexter. He, he always shows up in shows I end up liking. So okay, okay. Cool. So now for me, I recently just finished a br- British crime show called Gangs of London. Ooh. Okay. Like a true, true crime show, like no, based no. on real events. No, it, it's not. Okay. No, uh, it's directed by, uh, is co-created by a guy named Gareth Evans, who okay. made the the Raid movies. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's a nine episode TV show where he does two of the episodes like directing. Mm. And it manages to hold up the insane action. And is that which uh, service is that on? Uh, it's on Cinemax. Cinemax, okay. Yeah. Uh, I had to use a VPN to watch it in England, so. Ah, uh, yeah. But it is such a good show. Nine episodes. Uh, really recognizable faces. It has uh, Lady Stark from Game of Thrones in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Meany from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, Joe Cole, who was in uh, Peaky Blinders. 
it has a really strong cast and it's about the father of this international crime family is murdered and they've got to find out why he was killed. That because sounds it, interesting. They already know who killed him, but they're trying to find out why they did it. Right. And it's basically like a giant war between like Albanian families, Nigerian families, families from Pakistan, all these different international gangs basically trying to kill each other. So it's not very, it's not so localized. No, it's very international based, but it's all set in London. Cool. And if you end up watching it, if you, if you find you're not liking it, if you, if you don't like it, what is wrong with you? But for me, but for me, wait till episode five. Episode five is one of the greatest hours of television I've ever seen. It is, it is so intense. So I'm, since, I'm gonna go since, find it. So since we're with those movies, have you seen any movies lately as well? Uh, yeah. There's there's a couple of movies I saw. The most recent one, which you're going to hate me for, was uh, Trolls World. Party or world tour or whatever it's called. Trolls World Tour, yeah. I've heard about <laughs> this and it's very interesting. There's actually quite a bit of uh, drama going on with it. In terms of his box office gross or uh, home office gross? Yeah, because of that, um, Universal is trying to like shorten the amount of time it's in the cinema and mm-hmm. the cinemas are like writing against him saying, then you're not showing any movie at all. Yeah, it's very interesting because they're uh, so over three weeks or less than three weeks, it made a hundred million dollars. Wasn't it more? Wasn't it more that the original made in five months? Yes. Yeah, I heard and, that. And the interesting thing is, it's so the difference between VOD or, or video on demand and theater is, it's a family renting the movie for twenty bucks. Yeah. So. And we had planned to go see it in the theaters, but obviously we couldn't. So if we had gone, that's 40 bucks for tickets because there's four of us. And then another, you know, 40, 50 bucks in popcorn or whatever. Right. Oh, that's like, that's easily a hundred dollar showing, but they're only charging 20 bucks. So for it to make a hundred million. That's a lot of people watched it, you know, Times five, times five is what it would have made in theaters. Yeah. So that's like a five hundred million dollar gross. Yeah. Well, you would actually have that because a ticket's usually eleven, twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. It's not twenty five. So you kind of got to maybe half that. Yeah. If if you're looking into the math of things, but right. uh, I've never seen the original Trolls. I've Horrible. seen it. I've seen it in <laughs> passing on the TV. I looked up. Saw that um, somebody was in it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching this, and went back to what I was doing. Was it JT that turned you off? No, just the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't mind JT, actually, but just the whole thing, I'm like, ugh. It, it's funny. I didn't want to see this movie. The trailers totally turned me off. I actually did an episode about it yeah. because the they are totally trying to lure people in a certain particular audience into seeing this movie but this movie is it's a musical education to people who don't have any musical education oh so it was very interesting in that basically they're trying to bring the pop people that you know that like 
uh, Kelly Clarkson and Justin Timberlake and, you know, one radio station in our city. Yeah. That's who they're catering to. And that's what the trailers caters to. But when you watch the movie, it's about how that music has ruined all music. Oh, wow. That's what it's actually about. Jeez. So it's like, ooh, nice. Yeah. And I so it's, it's great. Like, I actually really ended up liking it because of that. It actually had a message. It was multiple layered. Ozzy was even in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like, ah. Oh. So, I don't know. It, it was like way better than I expected. And it yeah, was that, very meta. Yeah. Oftentimes, like, some of the best movies are the ones where the trailer betrays it. Yes. Where you see, you think it's one thing, but then it turns out to be something completely different and a lot better. Like, uh, World's Greatest Dads. Have you ever seen that with, with uh, Robin Williams? Oh, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the trailer makes it look like it's gonna be like a funny, like buddy buddy movie between a dad and his son. Yeah, but the, the movie is so much darker. No, that's very true. Because you know, spoiler alert, but in the middle of the movie, the well, around the beginning, the son ends up dying through autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's and a good buddy he, movie. <laughs> and then he. And then he decides to save himself, like the humiliation of his son dying that way. He puts him in a closet and writes out his suicide note. And it becomes so popular. And because he's a writer, he starts releasing his work under his yep. son. It's such an insane movie. Directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. And he is a, his humor is really dark. Oh, it's really dark. Yeah. Uh, his uh, movie, uh, Bobcat's movie, uh, Shakes the Clown. Yeah. That is why I have a problem with clowns. That's <laughs> the main reason why I have a problem with clowns. That movie really <laughs> freaked me out. Yeah. It was just so creepy. Like the humor is so creepy and yeah. wrong. Did you know uh, Bobcat used to open for Nirvana? Yep. He, he used to be the comedian for Nirvana and then he kind of got kicked out because he was a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I've been uh, Bobcat for a long time. I, I, I love Bobcat. Like, oh, yeah. As an artist, like, he's he's genius. There's yeah, no I, doubt about it. I just heard him on Bob's Burgers episode I recently watched, and it's, he's always good. Oh, so, he's always yeah. Now, now, for my movie, I watched a horror film because I've kind of been getting back into watching horror movies. And I watched a movie that came out last year called The Wretched. Oh. Yeah. Does that movie sound familiar? No, not at all. What it was? Uh, it's a 2019 film, and it's pretty much a Disturbia. Okay. But but the neighbor's a witch. Oh, okay. I'm it's, a big fan of Disturbia. Actually, I own it. Yeah, I really like that movie. So yeah, it's okay. So it's the same general premise. Yeah, but it's a child eating, um, shape shifting witch. Cool. And. It's very by the numbers. You can kind of guess what happens here and there, but it's done so well that it elevates it. It's not trying to recreate the wheel. It's just it's just taking it and just showing how it should be done. Nice, so, nice. So definitely check out. Uh, Wretched. Yeah. Anyway. American. Uh, yes. Okay. So anyway, we're going to take a, a, a quick break. And then we're going to dive into Gaiva, Dark Hero. Perfect. Perfect. 
May 24th, 7pm. James and Mike watch Trash. It is a new... Not really new. I've done two before, but it is new in that it's going to be with an official name and everything like that. Graciously sponsored by FirstRowCollectibles.ca and Misfit Collectibles. Check them out. And definitely, if you guys want to watch some trashy movies, check it out. May 24th, 7pm 7, 7 on Twitch. Definitely check it out. And now we're going back to the show. So, we watched 1994's Guyver the Dark Hero. Or Guyver Dark Hero. Whatever you want to say it, it's Guyver Dark Hero. Guyver Part 2. Yeah. So, it may seem like we've been... We did this two weeks in a row, but it's actually been a month since we did the original Guyver. Yes. And now we're back a month later... When it comes to the first movie, how do you feel? <laughs> like, now that has it completely left your memory? No, no, it hasn't left my memory at all, actually. Oh. Um, since that movie, I've watched a whole bunch of um, superhero ca- uh, uh, academia. Sorry. My so hero. Speak English. My, my hero, hero academia, yes. Sorry. Yeah. We watched a bunch of that after that, which oh, okay. I think I enjoyed it more because I was watching Guyver, I think. Okay, uh, so it kind of issuance. Yeah, yes. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So let's uh, bef- let's do the brass tacks about Guy the Dark Hero before we we talk about it. So this movie was directed by Steve Wang. Yep. Steve Wang is very interesting. He was the co-director of the first movie, and he's a big time special effects artist. He did most of the monster work for Monster Squad, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, he's worked quite a bit with Stan Winston. He's often a part of his crew when they're doing He's like a great sculptor. He's directed a bunch of episodes of Power Rangers and Kamen Rider in the States. And he, like, he's often thanked. He's even working on the new Bill and Ted movie. Apparently there's a robot in that movie, and he was the one that worked on it. Ah. And like he's considered one of the, like, the, the main guys. Like, just below the the known guys, but he's kind of very highly revered when it comes to his effects work. So this was a screenplay by Nathan Long. It stars uh, David Hayter, uh, Kathy Chris Fisson, and some other people. Uh, <laughs> music by Les Claypool the Third. Is that the Les Claypool? I don't know. I'm looking this up because I really want to know because I just saw this now. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm looking it up. You keep going. Uh, this uh, was distributed by New Line Cinema. It came out April 20th, 1994 in Japan. It was a Jap- Japan first movie. Running time was 96 minutes, but we watched the director's cut, which is 123 minutes. And language is English, and the budget is a lot lower than the previous one at just $1 million. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm wondering if the reason why the budget's lower is they reused a lot of the same monsters from the previous movies. And also, there's not many locations. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, There's a a lot lot of natural locations. uh, Or sets. Or sets, yeah. oftentimes, it's the same set that's been redesigned. 
Yeah. Like the shop looks very similar to the inside of their little base that they have. So it's all the same thing. So I'm wondering if they saved money on there and put more money towards the actual action and stuff like that. Or did they put it towards the final set or was the final set a reappropriation of something else? I don't know, but they must have got the like final a... set. I, I like the final set. Oh, the uh, like the alien spaceship. Yeah, yeah. I looked thought it was really great. Look really cool. I wanted to go play in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just swing around. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. So a good wrestling match in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially something we like WWE now with what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. That'd yeah. Great. So this, I actually sent you this message the first time I started watching it. The first thing in this movie that Gary does is throw a guy off a building. <laughs> and we're like, are we getting the same thing? I'm like, Just throwing people again? Yeah, right. The first thing you did was throw somebody off. But no, this movie doesn't play around. No. Because do you this think, guy... So wait, quick question. Do you think okay. the, 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 that the, the throw that happens, do you think that's sort of, <laughs> yeah, you think we're going to get the same thing as last time? Yeah, huh? No. I, 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 I Watch do wonder, this fucker. <laughs> I do wonder that. Oh, we're allowed to punch people now. Yeah. But first, let's throw a guy off a building. Because yeah. this movie, he beats the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. Like, he's snapping bones, crushing people. Even towards the end of this, he's like, slit somebody's throat with his, like, arm blade. Did you notice that the sound, the sound effects editing, I, I felt it was far superior than the first one, too. Yes. Because it, 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 I don't know if realistic's the word, but it was a much, a much more dynamic, had much more pop. Yeah, it it sounded more akin to like a more adult Power Rangers episode. Yeah, yeah. Where every hit sounded like a crunch rather than a, you know, tsh. Yeah. And I, the one thing that was distracting was whenever we got a Zoonoid, they kind of went over on the animal sounds. Yeah. So every time they moved, you kind of hear like a, like a, a monster, like, Every time Guy was span around, I could hear a cat. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, just the introduction of Guyver is so great because he slices the guy's throat and then uses his head beam, which is not in the first movie. Yeah. But it's like a prominent thing in the actual manga is that he has his head beam and he like makes his name in the defense. Uh, you think effects had maybe improved and maybe that was why they used that more? I, I think because it has been three years since the previous one, and maybe they had more of a budget because they they didn't have to design any more suits apart from the yeah, one true. or two. I think I saw like maybe two or three new monsters. Uh, the main bad guys, uh, the far you know the the archaeologist, and maybe one more, but everything else was repurposed. But I don't know. I, I still find, even though it was repurposed, it did look better. And I don't know if it was maybe a lighting change they made to the lighting or... Might be a, a lighting and they may have like repainted them and like upgraded them a bit. That's yeah, often they look, what... Uh, they often look good. What, oftentimes in like, uh, like tokusatsu shows, they repurpose monster costumes and stuff like that. And yeah. they, get, they give them like a touch-up and a lot. So A, it saves money and also it looks different and sometimes upgraded. Yeah, but yeah, it just hit that that whole thing like where he's just like breaking bones, punch, full on punching people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about the man himself. Let's talk about Guyver. <laughs> yep. 
they replaced him. <laughs> they, I'm they looking think, going, oh, this guy can, I mean, not that he's a great actor, but he's leaps and bounds ahead, leaps and bounds ahead of the first guy. Yeah. Oh, he is. He's really good at doing the stuff. I actually really like what they did with him in this because it actually the ramifications of having something take over you and it's actually making him into like a bloodthirsty killer. Yes. You know, you kind of see it and you see him right drawing stuff down and you can see he's having a hard time and he's constantly trying to find ways to get rid of the guy because he doesn't want it. Because it was an accident that it got it and a year later he's still prowling the streets and killing people because he's kind of got like this intense need to do it. Did you notice like the opening the opening scenes with him where you're like when he's back in his apartment and you're seeing like the, the man behind the mask or whatever. Yeah. And he's in his apartment and he's just he's watching TV and and I don't know, I just felt it was like right away I'm like, okay, I'm already liking this movie a lot more. Yeah. You can tell it's dark. Just just the way they frame things. Yeah. Um it looks like there was a lot more experience behind the lens this time. Yeah. Even though the co director Oh, the first one directed this by himself. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, but it, yeah, it was way better directed, uh, which is well, interesting. Well, Guyver came to Feathers, whereas this one went straight to DVD. So yeah. I wonder if there was more of a hands-off approach when coming into it, because you can kind of feel like it's more their baby than anything. Yeah. Like there's there's no like meddling. It feels like there's nothing yeah. like that. It's more. We got a story to tell, and we're just gonna—we're not gonna front because this movie has zero funny moments. Yeah, that's right. There, there's a, no cheese. Well, there's a couple a, of one-liners in there. Yeah, but they're not like Arnold one-liners. Like, no, it's just more—it's—it's it's super serious. Yeah. So I want to talk about the actor that plays the—you know—the guy. Well, I want to talk about him a lot. Okay. Do you know who he is? Oh, I certainly do. Yes. David Hayter, a.k.a. Solid Snake. Yes. And uh, a.k.a. Uh, famous, very famous screenwriter. Yeah. X-Men 1, X-Men 2, Watchmen, uh, a well, host he, of other things. He didn't do Watchmen, but he, had a, he tried to get Watchmen made, and he had a script for it. Yes. His version didn't get off the ground. But his version was the closest to getting made before Zack Snyder came in. He seems to have that pedigree where ah, I made s- something's going to get made and then it doesn't. But then it gets made anyway. So I think I think he's got a lot of good points, probably a lot of good points in, in his original scripts. And then they take the best points and then. Oh, he's also uh He's the voice of Captain America in the 1994 Spider-Man series. Yes, he is. So, like, he's a he's a great voice actor, and like this was this when he was playing uh, Captain America, he was also in this movie. Oh, was that the same time? Yeah, 1994. Cool. So, and I keep every time I heard him, I I heard a bit of Snake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, certain things he's saying, and. Honestly, he's perfect for this because you need a guy with a great voice, especially when you're constantly covered in makeup, like stuff yes. like that. Oh, and yeah. you need. Uh, yeah, with- I guess I didn't think of it that way because I thought they hired him because okay, he's a fairly good-looking guy, right? You know, he's he's not a he's not a schlup or anything. 
No. And I, but yeah, I guess he he is good on the voice acting side. Was he? So how much voice acting had he done before this role, and was that why he was brought in? Uh, he's he's done a bunch of like animation English dubbing. Like he did one before that, like the same year. I'm just looking right now. He hasn't done much voice acting, but maybe he was trying to like get involved. Because I'm looking here, and he ha- he hasn't done much like no. before, like before this. So it may have been like just a new actor, and then off the back. Oh of it. yeah, no, his the only role before this was Major Dad. Yeah, and that was it. And that then maybe, it. and that was '93. He did Major Dad. So yeah. timeline wise, yeah, he was doing voice work after this. My guess is they probably got him because he kind of slightly resembles the main actor. Yeah, and sure. he has a sh- and he has a strong voice. Yep, he has a stronger voice than the previous actor. Who is Woody, so wooden. Yeah. Whereas, whereas with uh, David Hayter in this movie, he's very, he's he's very brooding and dark, and it mm-hmm. works with the context of the story, where it's, like I said, he's killing people just for the sake of it. Like he's just running around murdering people like some armored up Punisher. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he is. Yeah, the the one thing that made me made me laugh is there was one actress that returned to to this uh to this movie was it uh, the the ex-girl the the ex-girlfriend yeah and she was dating. was that the same actress i was wondering it, it is the same actress she's brought in to basically be dumb pretty much she's like i don't like what you're doing get away and, that, and that's that's all you see of her <laughs> i was like what, what was the point yeah i think they kind of wanted to like put it there just to Makes sense, especially with it being tied to the first one. Especially with it being the same director as well. Yeah, and also it ties because it's it is a different actor, so they wanted to make sure that the the tie was there that it was the same person, not just a different person with the same armor. (laughs) So instead of getting the same actor, yeah, they'll get the best actor of the previous movie, which was the girlfriend. Yeah, which is saying a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and she was pretty much saying to him, I don't like you, what you're doing. I can see what you're doing. I'm leaving. Rather, despite the fact that they went through quite a lot of shit. Yeah. And it was pretty much her dad's fault as well. So <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty insensitive. If you, if you want, <laughs> if you ask me. Because a bad boyfriend. Yeah, pretty right, much. But he's a bad boyfriend. She's a bad girlfriend. They didn't deserve to be together. Yeah. Um, the, like I said, the, the fight scenes are a hundred times better. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Not just the fight scenes. I think just the action scenes in general. Like, I don't know. Everything just. It looks like they spent time and actually thought things through. On yeah, well, we're not just going to throw a bunch of punches, but they. I'm almost wondering if they storyboarded some of the stuff. Yeah, and and all worked together to like make sure that it looked good because yeah, they really there was a lot of care that went into this despite the low budget. They worked their asses off to get like, a really decent movie off the ground. Yeah, and with a with a, with less of a budget, so that's actually quite impressive. Yeah, uh, the one thing that disappointed me was the villain. It was like, just some. It was just some guy. Yeah. Um, I, and it's actually going against what I remembered of this movie because I thought the villain was the guy on the TV screen. 
Yeah. I was expecting at the end for him to walk out and go, well, you know what happened, right? So, and then he takes the, the thing, he takes the guy with metal, puts it in his head, and then transforms into like a Zonoid Giver. That's what I thought it was, but it was actually somebody else. Yeah, actually. And that actually surprised me. The one thing I did like was when he transformed in front of the Giver. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm sick of being a monster. Do you want to help me out? And it's yeah. just I really enjoy that, especially because he's like, I don't believe you. I'm leaving. And it's yeah. funny because then you see him like laughing evilly. I, I really enjoy that because, of course, because the Giver is known to murder Zonoids very easily when yeah. you want to try and get him on your team. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that they did that. What did you think about, what did you think about the um uh, like uh, that was actually probably like one of my favorite transformations um just because when he transforms and then they had they could have just gone into full out like action but it was like they had the conversation he's like join us you know yeah. I, I I don't want to look the way I do like I just want to be normal like don't you want to be more normal too like yeah it it made the transformation and how disturbing he looked it made it count more i guess yeah it, it was really trying like they probably knew how he was like that he hated it and they knew yeah. that he was rampaging so they tr because they're probably spying on him too yeah like the chronos organization are probably spying on him. they probably know who he is and they're constantly checking on him and so they're trying to work on his weakness which is he hates himself yeah and it it was really fun i really like that aspect it was, it was a small scene but actually work because you can kind of see him think about it and then like, yeah, this guy's a dick. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I might do it. Eh, yeah. no. But, Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Even though he was disappointing as I would love to like in the Michael Berryman role in the first movie. Yeah. It's like the sec second to last boss. But he was a good villain nonetheless. But I feel like He's not really deserving of being a final boss. No, I, I agree with that. I think the guy in the TV screen would have been a much better because, you know, he, he has that look about him. You can imagine him walking in and then transforms and then laughs. Yeah. But unfortunately, we had to deal with this guy instead, who is not actually from the manga. Like, I, I tried looking for his character. He's nowhere to be found. Interesting. So that's one of the deviations. Uh, th this whole story is a deviation because... Although the one thing that, that she included is where it's revealed that mankind has evolved because of this ship. That's actually from the manga that these Asian aliens mutated the primates into humans. I liked that whole thing. Yeah. Like even just, and I know visually sometimes like maybe the effects look a little, uh, like a little shaky or not polished. But mm. I don't know, it had a charm to it. Like, I, I like that whole sequence uh, when they're in the prehistoric age or whatever. And they're, and they're transforming into the first zoonoids. Yeah. Like, and, like, the oh, thing I liked all that. Up. And there was no talking. No. It was just, it was really well shot, so you knew exactly what was happening. And then you see the uh, primitive uh, Gaiva. Yep. yep. Which, is, which is also in the manga. It's like a big thing. It, it's kind of how they reveal that there was a Gaiva in prehistoric times and they they actually spent some time explaining that the the technology is um bi biological 
Yeah. So you imagine all the pollution, you know, like there'd be no pollution if we could harness this. And it was like, I, I don't know. I liked all those little nuances. There's things that didn't need to be there, but it just offered a lot of color to something that just could have been bad guys versus good guys, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I really. It was nice. Yeah. The one issue I had was some of the transformations of the Giver himself. Okay. Like, which uh, ones? Mm-hmm. It's often the quick transformations that you they, didn't like. No, they they really look cheap. Yeah, especially the one where he dives off the cliff, and then yeah. he just kind of thing, and then he, he... I I wasn't really quite sure what happened there. Like immediately, he's like, "Oh, did he turn into a flying thing? Like was no, it no. a different sort of?" And then you're like, "Oh no, he just." kind of a bad looking transformation that's all it really it, it was, was it was meant to be one of those cool dynamic where he jumps in the air kind of like what iron man does and then everything yeah. attaches to him and then he lands yeah yeah but or, or one of those transformers where they're jumping off of a cliff as the car yeah and then they, they transform in air and you know and the biggest shame was that a really cool co- transformation during his nightmare sequence at the beginning Yes. We we see it slowly crawling up his body. Yeah. As he, that that was a cool transformation, but then it's later on. It's just it keeps getting worse and worse, in my opinion. I wonder why. Do you think? I mean, I know films are never filmed uh, chronologically speaking. They're never filmed in, in a chronological sequence. But I, I wonder if they. It was one of these movies where they had money, and then. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna cut the budget by like hundred grand or whatever, uh, I, and then I wonder if that was happening. Well, I I looked to uh, Steve Steve Wang, and he mentioned he was a big fan of Tokusatsu, which is Kamen okay. Rider, Power Ranger, well Super Sentai, which is Power Rangers. Okay. And their big thing sometimes, especially when it's like major action scenes, they don't constantly go for the same transformation. It's them running, and then they jump. They transform, there's a cut, and then the guy in the suit is now fighting. Okay. So I'm wondering if they did that for the movie. Yeah, as kind of like a, a tip of the cap yeah, to, to the other stuff that he enjoyed. And funny yeah. enough, Steve Wang ended up doing an American adaption of Kamen Rider, which is called Dragon Knight, which is it's a, it's a good adaption. The first one failed on its ass. And this one did really well. It just, they just couldn't carry it on because they ran out of footage. But uh, he, like, directed a lot of episodes of that. Okay. So, so it, it was probably a dream. And, like, this, in my opinion, is the best anime adaption slash tokusatsu, like, American. In yeah, my, in my it opinion. Didn't... It, it, yeah, usually a lot of the American adaptions or adaptations of like uh, Chinese or Japanese stuff. I, I don't know. It always misses hard. It misses the heart. But this had this had a lot of heart. I was actually yeah. I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised. I kind of expected something along more along the lines of the first one, which I did yeah. enjoy. But it was hokey as all get out. This yeah. This was, really went for the dark way, tone. That yeah, the way more has. serious. Yeah, we didn't have. Uh... Jimmy Walker, which I'm surprised. Oh he... my god! I yeah, I, I, okay, I forgot about that. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, have... that. Oh uh, god, that was yeah. yeah, that was bad. I'm surprised he wasn't in this one. Maybe they couldn't afford him. Probably not. But 
And I do wonder if they, I think the plan was for them to do a third movie. I think so. It sure felt that way. Well, we didn't see, we didn't, like, the, the, the main villain. Yeah. Who the, wasn't the main villain. Like, what happened there? He's kind of like the head of Kronos, like the LA department or, like, another area. Apparently, there's different sections of Kronos. So it's it would it would have been interesting for a third one, and maybe they would have brought by the characters from the first one just to kind of finish off the saga. I'm surprised that never happened because it it sounds like this had a really good secondary life. Yeah. Oh, it it really did well, and a lot of people agree that this is the better version, even compared to like the higher budget first movie with names and everything like that. This one is considered the better movie. Yeah. And you can kind of see, and that's it's kind of a, a really good poster child for non-production meddling. It's okay. very interesting because yeah, this is this one's way more focused than the first one. Mm. Like it just it it's so blatantly obvious that the director made the movie he wanted to make. Yeah, the first one it just kind of meanders from uh, plot to plot, whereas yeah. whereas this it begins he hears about this archaeological dig where he sees some cave drawings which he's been dreaming of and then he goes there and then yeah and that was good too that was a good point of the plot like i like that i like i really enjoyed it 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 was straightforward you knew what was up and then it has some cool fight scenes it's not get past the plot get to the fights it's like you were generally interested in the fight scenes and the plot yeah and I, I really like the whole part where he's in the spaceship and he learns about the primitive Giver, and then he's also asking, "Can you please get this off me?" Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was uh, all great stuff. Did you get that picture I sent you uh, earlier of the two monsters jumping? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Can you see the wires? <laughs> yes. Oh God! It's so, <laughs> like oftentimes I don't notice, but this was so blatant. It was full on. I didn't on, notice like, it at the time, though. Yeah. I had to rewind it a couple of times just to make sure I, I saw what I saw. But yeah, you can you can see him jump. And that that's the only bad effect. Apart from, like, even the, the, the quick transformations aren't bad effects. Just compared to what has come before it in the same movie, it doesn't compare. Yeah. But uh, let's talk... We've spoke about him like quite a little bit, but the final monster, the the Giver, yeah, Zo- the, 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 the combo, yeah, yeah. What did you think to that design? It was, it was okay. I don't Cause know because it, it starts off he's kind of like a, a Gilman Zonoid. He he does look like the Gilman from Monster Squad. Oh yeah, actually yeah. Yeah, he has that very. But I really like this design. I really like the hand blades. I like how it it kind of looks like a Giver, but it's it just. But it was the reverse of the Giver. Like the blades were in the reverse yeah. direction. And I noticed like he had a different like when they're facing off, they had a different stance. It was yeah. all based on the weapon, so it was. I don't know. It was. It was. I mean, it was pretty cool. Like it, yeah. you you felt like there was danger. Yeah. You know, this he, guy is tougher. Yeah, because he's now extra tougher because. Yeah, a zonoid is stronger than a normal human. What would happen if a if you got the guy Gaiva sure. suit as well? He had the cracked. Uh, what, what's the what's the thing called the the Oculus or whatever? Like oh, the, um, the, eye, the center eye. Oh god! Like the 
I think it's like the metal or something, the mind metal. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I like the fact that it was cracked. And I, I was, it was almost like it was a drug. Like, I I want this. I need this. I'm putting it on. And he's like, but it's defective. It's broken. Blah, blah, blah. And he's putting it on. Like, I don't care. And it's almost like it was almost like a junky aspect to, you know, just that that thirst for power. Like, I, I want power at, you know, at any cost. I also like I, I also liked uh, how he kept twitching as well. Like, it yes. was defect. like his, body, his whole body was twitching during it. And so you it conveyed that there was something wrong. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. The, did the first movie use the uh, the chest blaster? I'm trying uh, to remember. Uh, I, wasn't there one scene in the end? Yes. I, which, I believe. This one was better because I like the, the trickling like electricity around his chest yes. before he opens. Yeah, it looks good. And also, it put a dent in the set. Because you see it, and it's like a huge blast yeah. where he's just torn apart. Because that's his strongest weapon, and it's pretty much like a nuclear reactor on his chest. Yep. And he just opens up, and the whole room is scorched just from this blast. And, yeah, like the final fight was great because it made sense. He was easily overpowered, but it made sense on why he beat him because he was defective. Yeah, and he was self-destructing because otherwise he shouldn't have been able to defeat him. So that yeah. that gives you know the the it it doesn't diminish because he should be he should be more powerful. He's got he's got the combo of the Giver, uh, and and his in his race he's got both. Like he should be unstoppable. Yeah. So they had that little thing in there to add some credence to it. It's just like, well, I'm just a better fighter. I'll just yeah. you know I don't know. It it, it really worked for me. I, I also really like the fight because he really made use of his uh, arm blades too. There's that one oh, yeah. where he just like tore him up, just like constantly stabbing into him and like making him bloody. What is all- um, Go ahead. There's also the outside fight where he's slicing him up and you can see blood actually on the suit. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so well done. Like all the fights are so much better. Well, There's no like. I, I want to ask you the one fight, the one scene in the one fight where he's doing like, he's, he's, he's kicking him. He jumps oh, yeah. in the air and is like, you could tell they repeated it a bunch of times yeah. and then drops it. You could tell it was just kick, kick, drop. So they had to like kind of put a cut in the middle to make it look like he was doing it a lot more. Now, now that's an anime trope. Big oh, one. yeah. And I'm, obviously that's why that was there. Like, like I said, this doesn't go for the realistic aspect. It it really go it it's cartoony, but it's yeah. like a dark cartoony. Yeah, I especially like the fight in the water where he kept going underneath the water and like swimming around him, and then just like oh, just yeah. to, just to get the advantage on them. Like a lot of the stuff done in this movie is so good because you can actually punch them. He's allowed to punch. This ain't yeah. like ninety nine. He's not going to throw them, yeah. Yeah, he's actually allowed to punch people in the head. And it just works so well because why wouldn't you? If you're super strong, wouldn't you just punch somebody rather than throw at people? Yeah. Especially find the zoonoids, which are trying to like rip your head off. Why would you throw them? Whereas, yeah. in th- whereas this, he's like slicing them up, dicing them, gouging eyes and stuff like that. Is a lot more 
like visceral in the style. And you was also telling me that you recognize one of the actresses. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So maybe let's talk about the supporting cast in here, mm. which I actually I actually quite enjoyed. Yes. Um. I I really did. Like I felt like. Um. I don't know. In the other one, like it was just for comic effect. And the first one was just a lot of it was just people hamming it up or for comic. It, it looks like the actors maybe were, a, you know, a grade or two above the first film or they were trying. Um, I'm just pulling it back up here. Um, but um, oh, what was the actress's name? I'm just pulling it up. Guy uh, Kathy Chris, Chris, Chris Fisson. Yep. Now, the, she so, looked so freaking familiar, and I couldn't place it. So I, I spent the whole part of the movie when she shows up. I'm like, "Who is that? Who is that?" Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a big crush on her for sure. Yeah, uh, the, the brainy, smart, um, scientist type. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that that spells me all over. But <laughs> but yeah, she she end she ended up having a super long career, and she's done a lot of stuff after this. Yeah, uh, um, Californication. Californication. Yeah, uh, Lucifer. Uh, yeah. Uh, funny um, enough, she was also in the the, the director's other TV show, *Common Rider*. Oh, really? She oh, was okay. in it. She was in it for two years. Oh wow! So. There you go. <laughs> but, but she's uh, also she's done a lot of other stuff too. Yeah. And then and then I'm looking at the the guy who plays the FBI agent. And now, who I, was that? His I name. Him. His name is Christopher Michael. I'm looking at his uh, like IMDb. Okay. Um, and... Oh, I can he... actually look at Kathy Christopherson's uh, LinkedIn profile if I want. Hey. Uh... <laughs> funny, funny enough, most of the stuff I'm looking at, he plays security guard. I'm, I'm like, really? I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb and it's off, off an officer, male guard, security guard, seasoned cop, watch commander, security guard, game warden, officer Carl, fire chief, officer Davis. He's pretty much that type that has his typecast as an officer of some sort. <laughs> but he, he was pretty good. He, you know, he reminded me, he reminded me of Dyson and, um, Terminator 2? Terminator 2? Dice? Dyson? Oh, Dyson. Yeah. yeah. Kind okay. of might be him, like that sort of, that sort of, not throwaway character, but kind of important, but not too important, but yeah, he, he kind of steals the scenes he's in a little bit. I thought you meant Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the Dice what? Man. <laughs> I was like, what were you watching? Don't get me started. I could talk about Ford Fairlane all day. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, there's a there's a movie that he's in. Oh, what was it? I I just heard about it, and it's pretty much Die Hard with Andrew Dice Clay as the yeah. main villain. Yeah, I gotta find that one. That actually, oh. sounds really cool. Really cool. Yeah, and like apparently the cast is insane, which I'm actually gonna look up now. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there may be a brief break as we try and find this movie. <laughs> 
Um, oh, no contest. Okay. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay takes over a hotel during a beauty pageant, taking several pageants hostage since one of them is a rich senator's daughter. And didn't he kind of play himself in it? Well, like, was he, wasn't he actually called? No, it, his, that, name that is, no. his name is Oz. Okay. Uh, it's got Shannon Tweed. I think she's the main character. It's got right. Robert Davi. You already said enough about the quality of the movie right there. And then <laughs> it's got Andrew Dice Clay as the main character. And his sideman is Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. Cool. Like his like head like head henchman is Roddy Piper as Ice. <laughs> so, and directed by Paul Lynch, who did no, oh, that's a TV series. I I just saw in the director of RoboCop. I'm like, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> But he's done a bunch of movies. Yeah, so no contest. That might be a future episode because Andrew Dice Clay playing the Hans Gruber role. In yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that. That, that, sounds, that sounds insane. Uh, but so when it comes down to Gaiva, Dark Hero, great movie, really good. Uh, yeah. Great, great effects, great everything. Like such. A, I think it may be because us going off the original Gaiva. We're kind of down in the dumps. We're like, oh, God, we've got to watch this. And this just super elevates it to, like, a whole new level. It really makes me want to see maybe something more. Yeah. I, I'm actually looking into watching the man- like the anime series that came out. In That's 2000. probably awesome. Yeah, 2005 it came out. So I actually... do have an anime streaming service that I, that I pay for. So Nice. Nice. So I might uh, see if I can find it on there. Yeah, if not, I can always help you with that. Sure. I'm, I'm pretty good at finding random Yes, stuff. you are. But uh, I, had, I had trouble finding this one. Yeah? Um, I, I was going to try renting it, but I could, it wasn't available everywhere. And I'm like, that's kind of odd. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it needs to get a lot more love and a lot more people need to be talking about it. Yeah. Like, I had to find this through other means. But like, like you said, we couldn't find it in any other way. And if it's not available to us, how are we going to watch it? So, yeah. But yeah, like definitely, definitely check this out if you if you guys manage to somehow find it. Because, yeah. but yeah, and definitely watching a group. If you if you have people that enjoy anime, it's great. If you have people more who martial use, arts films, yeah. Or if you used to watch Power Rangers as a young and this is kind of like a more adult version. And the, and the martial arts, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a martial arts expert. I've never been a wrestler. I've never been in any of this stuff. But just from my, mm. my comic book background, I choreograph fights in my comic books all the time. Yeah. This looked good, man. Like, oh, yeah. I, I really liked the choreography. The fight choreography was really well put out. It wasn't just, I just, okay, you guys, I just face off and uh, throw a bunch of punches. Like, you could tell yeah. a lot of thought was put into it. I, I really like, I really like that they took the dark aspect to it because often with these shows and you, you might attain to this too, they get their powers and they instantly know what to do. Yeah. And I really wish they made something where it turns out the reason why they know what to do is because they've kind of been brainwashed. With a but, set of moves. Yeah. Okay. Where 
where it's like a battle armor, but the whole battle armor thing is to brainwash you so that you become a more competent fighter. And I would, like the psychology based off that from I only know how to kill people now because yeah. it's because this suit of armor has changed my brain. Yeah, yeah, actually, like, I, do you, I, like you, like in the Spider-Man films, like the way they explain all the old Spider-Man films, the way they explain his fighting ability is not so much he can fight, but it's a, it's a natural extension of the power. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like he, he's he's gained reflexes so he can dodge more, and he's a lot stronger so that he can stand up to more. So it's yeah. pretty much improving in that way, even though he's not very good at fighting he, he has enough to fight the average person and then he struggles with the main villain yeah uh, I, I really like that aspect actually one aspect like you mentioned my hero academia they really do that well as well oh sure with the main character where he's he pretty much has the strength like the powers of superman but because his body's not attuned to it if he tries to throw his strongest punch his whole body's gonna get broken. Yeah, just for one strike. And his uh, bones can't handle the impact. Exactly. So he's got to like build up to it. So he's fighting at ten percent or twenty percent. How come that's never been a thing in I, comics? I, it, it it makes it like if you suddenly get powers. Yeah. Like in, in the real world, like let's talk about the real world. Yeah. I know we're deviating here, but in, in oh, the, <laughs> in it, the it's real... in relation to the movie, so yeah. In the real world, if you suddenly get powers overnight, you weren't born with it, you're not a mutant, you're not born, you know, you're not going through puberty and then slowly developing your powers over time. Yeah. Like, if you had super strength, what's to say that you have all the other things that go with it, like denser bones and denser skin? Because if you had super strength and you punch something super hard, you're going to break every freaking bone in your in your hand. Yeah. You know, like... I they just never really think about that. It's like, oh, well, you you get the whole package. You get super strength, and you get the whole package that goes with it. But why? Yeah. Why is yeah. that? I think Shazam does that good, though. Because there's that, that whole scene where he's testing his powers. Yeah. And they basically, they start off, punch that. Oh, I didn't think that they realize, hey, you can punch stuff really hard and not hurt yourself. Hey, trying to, uh, you know, turn this candle on, oh, you don't have heat vision. I like that scene where they're constantly testing what he can and can't do. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense when he's actually doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then oftentimes you do see little moments where they're trying out their powers, but it's often they're always just focused on what the actual powers are and not what they can't do. Yes. So, yes. and it, it, I think they do it just to save time. But it often kind of becomes a plot hole in, in itself because how do they know that they can do that? Yeah. And they just like, automatically know, like it's, you know, it's, it's not sequenced in your DNA to automatically. Like when, when you're, when a child is born and a yeah. child learns how to walk, yeah, it does a long process. It is. You, like you don't start running right away. Like, and that's the same thing with the power. If you, you know, Superman's flight, like he's not going to be able to fly to the moon on his first trip. Like, yeah. He's going to crash all the time. He's not going to know how to steer. Like, and I think that's the issue with it being in a movie because they don't have the time to show that. Yeah. Because they're pretty much like, we got to get to the good parts. You don't want to spend 50 minutes of the guy trying to jump in the air to fly. 
hey man, the training sequences, uh, the training montages in like Rocky movies. Come on, they can oh, do yeah. a montage. I would love to. I would love them just, to do it where it's just a montage of him, pra- you know, a superhero with, with Survivor playing in the background. Oh, of course, or something oh, by idea. or something by Stan Bush. Or what was the songs that you from your Over the Top episode? Oh, the God. music in that movie. Yeah, uh, Frank awesome. Stallone. Yeah, <laughs> anything by Frank Stallone, Stan Bush. It's uh, awesome. Uh, Kenny Loggins. Yeah, Kenny Loggins. Yeah, or get all three of them together to sing a. Oh, a yeah. group song that that the ultimate the there ultimate montage song Frank oh, yeah. St- Frank Stallone, Stan Bush, and Kenny Loggins. There you go, guaranteed number one hit right there. Guaranteed hair on your chest. Yeah, you anyone just automatically grow. You, my muscles just grew bigger thinking about it. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, I really would like them to see. I really would like to see them do more with like the negative effects of their powers. It often is there's a little bit here or there. And then it's forgotten by the end of the movie. Yep. Uh, and the only time it, it happens is, is for plot convenience. But this movie does it really well, like I said, because it has the whole where he's kind of bloodthirsty in this movie at the beginning. Yeah. And so it makes sense on why he wants to break it. But yes, so that's it. We watched Guy Rope, Dark Hero, great movie. Much, much improvement. If you're going to watch a Gaiva movie, this will be the one to watch. If you did see the first one, you won't really need to watch the first one. I don't think so, no. You could go into the second one not knowing. All you'll need to know is that he had he's had it for a year, and that's it. Yeah. And even then, you know, it could stand alone as his own movie. It was that good. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, uh, but some people probably never they they only saw this one. They didn't realize it was a sequel. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't have to see Monster Jimmy Walker at the end going down dynamite, <laughs> or poor Mark Hamill getting busted up. Oh. Poor guy. What a miss! What a misuse it was of, of actors. You, yeah. you give more. You give so much screen time. Way too much screen time to Jimmy Walker. Yeah. I don't know. Ha- whatever. Hamming it up. And then you got cool Mark Hamill, and what you do, you turn him into a cockroach. And twenty years later, most people don't even know who Jimmy Walker is. No, but everyone knows who Mark Hamill is. Hell yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Anyway, so that would be the end of the episode. Thank, thank you for listening, guys. Sean, once again, thank you so much for coming on. We've got to do. We've got to find something for the future once I uh, come back in July. Because this is this is the last month I'm doing before I take my month off. Yep. So so maybe find something for us to do. Maybe maybe even the no contest. Sure. Watch a bit of a dice be. Yeah, I think that's. I think we're pretty much. I think we must. We pretty much have to settle on that one. I think. Be, I think that's that might be the one to go for. Where it be is dice Gruber. Dice Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so thank you, Sean, and uh, see you next week, guys. Don't know what it is, but you'll enjoy it. Guaranteed.